Welcome to Fake Movie Experts, the movie review podcast that breaks down a movie franchise one movie at a time. And for this franchise, it's really not a franchise, it's a trilogy as we're breaking down the Three Flavors Cornetto franchise. As this week we're doing Hot Fuzz. I'm your host, Joseph Lessel. I'm alongside here with Ricky Maricelli. The energy Joe is bringing in to the beginning of this podcast is the energy I felt in the first half of this movie. Very low. <laughs> I'll get there. Uh, the Danny of the group, Keith Swetland. What's up, everybody? I got the energy. It's cool. Hey, you guys want to hear some, some, some bullshit real quick before we get sure. going? Sure. sure. So I'll touch on a little bit the how I watched this movie. So my lovely significant other, Sammy was uh not interested in watching it and on top of that there was a new episode of law and order on the night we were watching it oh so, yeah and the the svu people were combining again yeah big old ridiculous crossover i don't i don't care it's not for me so <laughs> i ended up watching this movie on my laptop on my belly laying in bed with headphones in very uncomfortable trying to take notes so it was a pretty grumpy grumpy experience watching this movie but i made the best of it it was a uh, it was fun. Fun overall. Don't, don't regret it. Everything's fine. We're all good here. Those no opening two thirds of the movie must have made, been pretty rough having to watch it in that fashion. Yeah, I pulled the phone out probably at about the 18 minute mark, I think. It was a pretty heavy phone for the first two thirds of this movie. <laughs> Sounded like you didn't like the movie. No, I mean, I like the movie. It's just, it takes a lot to get there. <laughs> mm. As I said earlier, we're doing the uh, Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy. And last week we did Shaun of the Dead. This week it's Hot Fuzz. Once again, it's starring Simon Pegg uh, and uh, Nick Frost. And a lot of people from the first movie, Shaun of the Dead, are in this movie. Uh, Martin Freeman has a little short stint in this. Bill Nighy has one. Um, I think that might... Is that it from the... From Sean? No, along uh, with the two leads, I can't think of. I feel like there's others, but they're not jumping out to me right now. Oh, yeah, there was a couple of smaller bits. Like one of the kids in the bar was one of the – he was the kid at the, the washing machine or wherever uh, wherever Sean worked in the first one. I think it was washing machines or something. No, it was a uh, like a appliance store. Appliance yeah. store, yeah. One of one of the kids that has the kid that hassled Sean and Sean of the Dead and told me I'd read on him was in this movie very, very, very quickly. Oh, okay. I uh, when I when rewatching this, I was like, I think there's a lot more people from the Sean of the Dead movie into this one, but in reality, it's like only like four. Yeah, there's just a lot of like like pretty. Not like A-level talent British actors, but there's a lot of B and C-level like on British television for a long time type people in this movie. Yeah, we, you know, also there's uh, Keith's favorite Bond, uh, Timothy Dalton. Oh, that was Timothy Dalton. Holy crap, that's right. I didn't, I didn't pick that up. Uh, He's a Stephen, terrible James Bond, for the record. <laughs> He's your favorite, that's why. Uh, Stephen Merchant has a... Uh, short scene which is a surprise because he's not that big at the time that's right he uh rory mccain the uh yarp the hound from the game of thrones <laughs> that was hound i didn't even pick up on that huh. yarp. yarp yarp 
uh, where is it? Uh, is it? There's like the old, I'm trying to look up his name, but the older guy from like Harry Potter and Game of Thrones, Mr. Finch. Oh, yep, the guy with the cat. And then yeah, the guy who has a bunch of ugly children he's trying to marry off. <laughs> yeah. So Olivia uh, Coleman's in it. She's a pretty famous British actor. Yeah. She's the one. She's the police officer who's a, who is like very flirty. Oh, oh okay. I like that. That was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Rick, why don't you give us a little plot breakdown? Let's talk about it. Don't we? Okay, fine, sure. Oh, sure. So, right, by the way, budget. By the way, for this movie, um, once again, uh, by pounds, it's eight million. So they're making like <laughs> nine five. We're, we're, we're on the Queen's currency here on Fake Experts. <laughs> well, yeah, we we, we were on uh, for Shaun of the Dead, as if I recall, it was you saying, "Let's keep it that way." Yeah, what are you gonna disrespect the Queen now? I mean, are you gonna go interview Oprah or something about it? Like, if I no, need to, I Oprah's will. gonna interview you, idiot. <laughs> God. All right. Plot breakdown. Here we go. <clears throat> Let me get into my get into my zone here. Plot guy. Plot guy. Police officer Nicholas Angel, played by Simon Pegg, has only ever been good at two things. Looking after his Japanese peace lily and being an amazing police officer. But when he's making the rest of the force in London look bad, he gets promoted and transferred to a small village called Sanford. What seems like a little village ends up being much more than he can handle as people start dying to wild accidents left and right. Can Angel and his new partner, PC Danny Butterman, played by Mr. Frost, figure out what's really going on before an accident befalls them? Yeah, the, bum, bum, bum. Yeah, the Simon Pegg was a big nerd in this movie. But and- also a badass... Yeah, he was very like he has his like special forces. He's kill he's really good at killing people. He's really good at killing people and he's really good at being a nerd. He's really good <laughs> at being really good at everything. Yeah. Except for social skills. That's why they sent him to that small town. London <laughs> yeah. London was like, hey guys, we're getting sick and tired of uh, you know, this guy making us look really bad and then and cleaning up the town. So uh but it's 400% higher than anyone else's arrest record. <laughs> I, I just, I, I love that scene of him, like them telling him, Martin Freeman's like, Hey, we're sending you to Sanford. Oh, I don't like that. And Martin Freeman's like, should we go up to the top? Yes. <laughs> Hello. You know, how's the arm? Cause he just got stabbed. You know, how's the hand? How's still the a little hand? stiff. A little stiff. <laughs> oh yeah. The still, the little stiff joke. I like that bit. That was, that was. They were starting to pull out the British jokes there. I, I enjoyed that one. It's a little stiff. Well, no, the movie good. starts out with the hard. God damn it, Keith! Hey, two for two for three here. <laughs> hey, first of all, we've know, done I, more than three. Yeah. I know, I know, Keith. You're trying to do the uh, win that hundred dollar contest. <laughs> if you guys cost me a hundred dollars, I'm, I'm going to get quit this podcast right now. <laughs> For all you listeners out there, I, uh, I entered a uh, a radio contest this morning, which is pretty new for old for for Keith for me. So I'm if I uh, if I have to step away and answer the phone and be a radio star and win a hundred dollars, then I hope you can forgive me. 
but the movie opens with the very British comedy by having the door open like super early for him as he's walking up. Like that in itself is just like a heavy British joke of like, why it's, did the door open so early? It's like a 20 second thing of him just walking. So they oh, can yeah. get the, like created by written by, you know, the title <laughs> of the movie. And then we get the uh, montage of how he's really good at everything and how he's always top of his class. Get an early taste for the gore that's going to be in this movie when he blows yeah. some dude's head off. Yeah, once again, like the we'll get to it later in the plot when we start talking about it. This movie has a has has the does the cool twist thing again. I appreciated that in this in this movie. That was fun, like the slow build up with the with the creepy uh, the creepy homeowners association kind of thing going on there. It was yeah. a slow build yeah. up though, like two-thirds of the movie being dedicated to that felt like a bit much <laughs> and maybe it's just because this is the second viewing of it like i still have like the movie was fresh enough in my mind where i knew everything already that it made that early part boring but uh, it just felt like it took forever to get into things well yeah, they're think- trying their own way for like this one being more action or what an action movie would be, but they they put their own spin on it. With it being slow at points. Yeah, I, I didn't think, think it was slow. I saw this movie when it came out, I think, was the last time I saw it, like in theaters, I think. Because I remember I, I saw it in theaters. Same. And I think that's the I think it's probably the last time I saw it. Then I feel like I enjoyed it a lot, but yeah, that I remember, I remember people around me enjoying it a lot more than I did because I love Shaun of the Dead when, when, when that came out. And I remember this one just didn't... I won't spoil too much when we talk about it later, but it doesn't hold up compared, wow. comparatively. Wow. I'm, I'm kind of in that same boat. I remember loving this in theaters. It just... Maybe it's because I watched Shaun... Like, doing it this way, seeing Shaun of the Dead before this... Like, there's just so much more in Shaun of the Dead. Like, I was laughing, like, throughout Shaun of the Dead. And, like, there's moments in this movie, but, like, it didn't, like, hold me the way Shaun of the Dead did. And maybe it's because of the mystery aspect where I'm like, well, I already know what the aspect is, and this (laughs) isn't really holding me through that. Hmm. Oh, by the way, speaking of the slow buildup, I love this the cake bit, the sweets. They always eat sweets for punishments at the off at the police office there. That was so funny. I love That's, that bit. Again, very British. <laughs> oh, I don't monkey, want the I, what, I don't what, want the cake. <laughs> what was it like monkey chunky or something? <laughs> yeah, chunky something monkey. Something like yeah. chunky monkey. <laughs> Once again, another back to back movies that they have Nick Fra- uh, Frost being a monkey in a sh- shape or form. Yeah, that the, had uh, to have been a callback. Oh yeah, because when they when they have him do the impression in Shaun the Dead. And in this movie, um, after the carnival, you know, they're sitting out in the pouring rain and the two Andes show up and it's like, you know, hey, you and your dumb monkey friend. And he has the stuffed animal in his hand. He's like, he's talking about me or the stuffed animal? It's like <laughs> back to back. Uh, do you know uh, Shaun the Dead, the movie is in this movie, right? I did not notice that. Where was that at? Uh, when uh, Nick Frost's character is in the uh, store, grocery store, and he's reading the action movies, and he's reading Supercop. Um, and then uh, Simon Pegg gives chase, 
he puts the movie back in the bin and um like a 399 star is over Simon Pegg's net head oh. and it's called Zombie Party. Oh, that's funny. Wasn't it the like the Thai version or the Japanese version or something? I've I've read that same 15 Easter eggs in Hot Fuzz also. <laughs> um let me that whole scene, though, where he chased the shoplifter had probably my favorite bit of the entire movie, where they had the callback to Shaun of the Dead with the, haven't you ever taken a shortcut? Oh, yeah. The, and yeah, he just yeah, fucking yeah. vaults over the, all the fences <laughs> and does a sweet flip off a trampoline. Yeah, where like, are right, the- <laughs> That was a pretty sweet callback. It's so clever because it's such like a weird setup to have like 10 of the same fence in a row. <laughs> like Dude, not, not in Britain. Not yeah, so. not. Uh, just, they love that shit. Zombie party, uh, zombies party is the name, the title of Shaun of the Dead in certain countries. Okay, so right on. And he fucking pegs that kid with that spray paint can. That was pretty good. <laughs> I I I, I like that scene because of it's him chasing the kid, and then Danny is slowly running, and he ju- tries to jump over the fence, crashes through the first one, and then like slowly gets over uh but then you know once uh once simon Pegg's character nicholas gets him it's like oh it's blah 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 it's like how did why didn't you notice him before because he had his hat way too low and it's like what <laughs> um i don't know i like the scene of uh the breakup scene of um or they are already broken up between simon Pegg's character and janine who was who keith Oh yeah, that was a, a a cameo. There was a couple cameos in this movie. That one was Kate Blanchett. I didn't spot it until I read about it later. Well, how but would was, you? She had fucking yeah. PPE gear on. Yeah, if I that's true. And then I, I I was reading that I guess Simon Pegg was like really nervous and uncomfortable to work with her because he was like intimidated. I mean, yeah, cool. it's, it's Kate Blanchett. Who wouldn't be? Oh yeah, she's a she's a legend. She's Galadriel. God damn it! <laughs> I just I just like the scene of like. It's like what fifteen people in the crime scene dusting for prints and stuff, and he walks in trying to talk to her and like Janine, I have to tell you something. You know, I'm not Janine. I'm over here, and then you know he tells her everything, and he's like, "You've been dating someone, huh?" And then like some guy turns in the back, and it's like, "Is it him?" It's like, "No." And then he gets super sad, then turns back, and it's like, "Bob, hello." Uh, that scene ended really funny too when he's like, uh, "You know that glass broke." inside not outside and like everyone like all of them are just like what just showing th- how good a police officer mr simon Pegg was oh yeah so it was um, speaking of that his his profession there it was a uh, it was interesting looking back at this movie because from 14 years ago with my eyeballs now in 2021 that was 14 years ago and given without going too far into it because it's a movie podcast but the relationship between the police and us over the last 14 years, it was interesting seeing this movie this with the, all the terrible crimes and murders they commit to us. But there was a joke that in this movie that I think might have been on purpose, but maybe it wasn't. But given those eyeballs that I'm looking at this movie with, it was very funny. This is the part where he helps her solve the crossword puzzle. Oh, yeah. And, it's the he's he answers just fascism. He just like oh, it's a like fascism. That's the answer to the question. And then I thought I thought that was kind of clever. I forget. No, the second she word. says she just sees it like 
He says, oh, you're the new police officer. And she goes, fascist. And he's like, excuse me? She goes, oh, it's <laughs> da 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 da. And then he says, oh, it's fascism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was and that was that, that was refreshing to see given Hag. Excuse yeah. Me. <laughs> Hag. Yeah. I mean, I think there's always been that line <laughs> between fascism and police officers, because you know, they're there to keep the rich in power, not really to be keepers of the peace. Exactly. And they're not our friends. Uh during filming people would come up to Peg and Frost thinking that they're real cops since they were wow. being, since they're dressed. So they played along with it. And so, you know, like how I'm an actor, it's like, yeah, that's fine. They're, uh, you know, point them in the direction they want and all that good stuff. <laughs> they're silly ass British police hats and billy clubs. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I really, I, I like the scene of him when he first gets to the Samford and goes to the bar and Danny's in the back there getting wasted off his ass. And then Simon Pig's character finally notices that there's a lot of underage kids there and you can't serve kids under 18 at the bar. And then God he arrests every, then he arrests all the kids or kicks them all out. And it's just like him and Danny and like the barkeep just like, fuck you. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was that was my note from this is like oh wow uh mr angel really making some friends his first night in town the the, the way they shot that scene was so funny and like the, the actors they chose the kids they chose like it was perfect they just looked like children drinking beer it was such a, it was like a it was a very very good scene i enjoyed that part in the bar what, what's your birthday <laughs> like 12, september 15th <laughs> what year every year get out <laughs> what's your birthday 1969 you're 38 yep. yes <laughs> what's your birthday uh, all right you're out uh but i like the fact that you know then he sees danny and he's like uh you're driving tonight he's like no and then he backs into him and then gets arrested and he's like all right when they get back to the uh police station it's like oh uh first he doesn't know where to go and then Danny points to him. And he's like, "Oh, cell four's open." And then the next morning, it's like, "Oh my god, he's out!" <laughs> oh oh yeah. my god, who? He's like, turns around, like, "Why do you have a cop on, a police officer outfit on?" You know? Yeah, that guy plays such a good, just like shitty son. He's kind of just mediocre at everything. He was great. I love the the part where Nick Frost was a. That's his name, right? Nick Frost. Yeah, that's yeah. his okay. actual name. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. There's the part where he. He just like uncomfortably asks Simon Pegg how many people he's or if he's killed anybody. <laughs> I love that part. He was just like it is because he's just like this like he's like this doughish dumb boy, and he's asking this like seasoned officer, military man. He's like, hey, "Have you ever killed anybody? What was it like?" <laughs> I actually really liked their relationship through the whole movie because like you uh, see Danny Nick Frost's character like slowly becoming a better cop because of Frost. And, like, just watching their interactions the whole time. Like, I liked the, like, connection between the two of them way more than I liked their connection, like, in Shaun of the Dead. Like, I thought they were a way better pairing in this than they were in Shaun of the Dead. Right, they, they were both, they both had a, a balance. They both learned from each other in this one. That, that was fun to watch. It, it, it's funny because you get, like, in the beginning of the movie, Danny's character just believes cops are just based off movies. <laughs> You know, have you, you know, they ask him, he asked him, you know, have you been stabbed? You know, 
Oh, you have? How did it feel? Like the, <laughs> one of the worst pains of my life. <laughs> have you ever shot a gun in the air while running? No. Have you shot <laughs> a gun? Did you say in while running? <laughs> yeah. But hey, I shot you, a gun while in a high speed pursuit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys noticed or heard, but like a ding happened. So, like basically, like a light bulb hit for Danny when Simon Pegg's character says, Oh, I've been stabbed. He gets that joyous look in the eye of like, oh, really? And then he goes on those questions. But when he looks at, when he hears he got stabbed, a, like a cash register ding happens in the back. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, there's the flashing red lights that he's done almost everything I've seen in a movie. It's a <laughs> yeah, small the, thing. Simon Pegg and this director, they are so good. They're really good at the really like cute and funny foreshadows. Like with the, I like the ketchup. Like the, the ketchup bit and like the cash register stab thing, those are all, I think those are all kind of connected. And the like when they showed the that was it the evidence? No, it was the the basement with the guy with all the guns. And they had the the sea mine there. They kept on there was he was like playing with it and punching it. And it was oh, like, it's oh, dead! Man. It's dead! Yeah. <laughs> like oh man, something probably is gonna happen with that thing later. <laughs> yeah, there was comparative to Shot of the Dead, where I thought like Peg carried the movie the whole time i really thought frost carried this movie like his character throughout it was just so funny and just like to see the growth of him through the movie i was very much more into uh frost's character this time than i was last time yeah with the way these movies work like i'm at least the way i saw it the way like my mind took it in like we weren't really supposed to like simon Pegg at the start like he's supposed to he was kind of a tight colored asshole and then he had to learn how to loosen up a little bit and that like that like we, you've mentioned a couple times there, Rick, that this buildup was slow, and I thought the buildup to him loosening his collar a little bit was a little slow. Like I, I would have appreciated a couple more scenes, maybe of him, like I don't know, him and him and Frost having some fun together. Like them going back to Frost's house to watch the movies was so good. Like <laughs> the whole- which movie do you want to pick from? Point Break or Bad Boys Two? I have to pick one of them. No, no, which one start? Yeah, I love that bit. It reminded me of a like college. It reminded me of like little college, like getting wasted at college houses, and then like throwing on like Starship Troopers or some dumb action movie at one in the morning. That that was the vibe I got off of that, and it felt really good to watch. It was like really wholesome. It was like, oh, that no, oh, reminds me, brings me back to being twenty two again. <laughs> it made me want to watch Bad Boys too. Spectacular I fucking movie. Love that movie. I, 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 uh, speaking of bad boys too, I guess they wanted Nick Frost to like watch like 22 action movies. <laughs> However, he's like, no. So he'd watch one movie and it was bad boys too. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I mean, that is a, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> it's like, the bad boys two is a synthesis of like a thousand action movies before it. It was, uh, what the fuck's that douchey loves to blow everything up director? Oh, Michael Bay. Michael yeah, Bay? it was Michael Bay before he became shitty. <laughs> Michael Bay is a uh, quite the character in American film. Also, like it's the one thing with their relationships is it felt like they were building an actual relationship. Like at one point, I was like, just make them bisexual then, and like have them fall in love. Like there's so much chemistry going on. <laughs> like I well, wanted them to actually be in love. Well, that'd be a fun first, twist. In the first draft of the movie. Uh, he had a love interest. Nicholas did. However, they they took her out, so they just gave all the lines to Danny. 
without changing any of the lines. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, cool. So that's why you have that. That's why it felt like that. Yeah. Oh, Dude, the, the whole church scene, like after the gruesome murder of Mr. Messenger. Oh, Jesus Christ. That was brutal. Is that the, is that the, the spire falling from the sky? The, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That, yeah. That was good. And so fully crushing him and his stab goes through him halfway and he's like dancing with it on. Like what is happening? Although maybe it's like a me thing, but I don't, I, there was too much CG blood in that part. I wish they would have yeah. done some more like practical like gore effects there. Like CG blood always pulls me out of movies. I hate it when they do it. Um, but like the scene part after that, where like the police chief goes with them. And so they actually set up a whole police scene. Um, and Nick Frost character still wearing the little cowboy hat, but having the water thing over it during the yeah. whole scene. And then like they have the quintessential Simon Pegg going in at Nick Frost during the movie scene and him just running away in the rain was just so fucking funny to me. <laughs> uh, one of the small, like smallest characters I liked from this movie. And I don't know why, but it's, it's the police officer, like police front desk guy. That has like the twin that is who does the night shift and the one that goes in the morning. I I I just liked it because nobody tells me anything around here. Nobody like, tells me nothing. Nobody. Oh, yeah, tells me nothing. yeah. Nobody tells me nothing. And then they do like the like the more creepy looking guy was the night shift guy. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. never tell <laughs> like they that. they never tell you if there are brothers or. You only get one scene of them together, and it's like at the end of the movie. Very end, yeah. Nobody tells me nothing. Um, one of my favorite lines is from is from Timothy Dalton's of the "I'm a slasher, arrest me." I love that line. He's like, "Excuse me, I'm slashing all the prices." <laughs> He's like, "What?" And he always did those like weird, like the weird explicit threats. He's like. Well, I'd love to split your head open and see what's inside of it. <laughs> like, yes, he's always the, uh, you know, he's suspect number one. Yeah, that's what I kind of wish he ended up not being a part of it. Like he like he ended up being the only one who wasn't a part of it. That would have <laughs> been funnier than just, yeah, he's very clearly a part of this and is very clearly a part of it. <laughs> like it would have been better if he just wasn't. And he was just some fucking weirdo. Because they bring it up because, you know, they do like that whole thing towards the end of like Simon Pegg's character finally like he he's putting like two and two together. And he's like, oh, it's Timothy Dolan's character, Skinner, because, you know, the uh, car crash that's so far away, Messenger uh, and uh, whatever the other guy, the guy, the, the guy that got his house blown up. Like he lives too far away. How's he driving through town? All this, this, and then uh, he's just one of them, you know. I agree with you, Rick. He should have been maybe one of the main ones, but the whole town is the villain in this weird mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Keith. Oh, yeah. I was, I was going to say. Well, we're still on the topic of listing off uh, positives to this movie. I've got a couple. I was able to uh, translate my chicken scratch notes and come away with a couple more jokes. I liked a couple more sight gags, more, some more of the British humor. The one I liked the, well, first of all, we haven't mentioned the greater good thing. They greater good. The, yeah. The greater good repetition. Greater good. And, and I also, I liked uh, the Dr. Piss taker joke that they did. Yeah. 
I, I enjoyed that one. And I enjoyed the... Pete, that wasn't a joke. That was that man's name. Yeah, that was very, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the part where um, the, the Harry Potter Game of Thrones dude was like just speaking gibberish and they were translating for him. Not speaking gibberish. He's speaking... Um, oh, fuck. What's it called? Gibberish. Timer. Gaelish. <laughs> I think it's Gaelish. Yeah. yeah. He was speaking gibberish and they were translating. <laughs> Very, uh, like, I, like, I like they have the old guy for that too. Uh, 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 apologies to all of our Eastern British fans. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, what the fuck is that place called? Oh, it'll come to me. It's called Australia. He he talks yeah, like the not Brad Australia, Pitt and Snatch. <laughs> it, was, it was it was it was that accent. It's like Wales or something. Yeah, some <laughs> something funny over there. I don't know. I I I. I speak actual English over here, so it's fine. Have you heard yourself speak? <laughs> Gaelic. That's what it's spelled. Oh, or called right, Gaelic. Any more positives there, Keith, for me and your chicken um, scratch? Yeah, yeah. Oh, one more chicken scratch. The or, or Originally in my note as the Spice Girls song during the Shakespeare, <laughs> but it's not the Spice Girls. That was, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to blame my washing conditions for that one. But uh, the cardigans, uh, love me, love you, say that you love me as part of Romeo and Juliet was very, very funny. It was a good joke. I felt the way everyone in that audience felt watching that like interpretation <laughs> of Romeo and Juliet. I'm just like, oh, God, it's so cringe. <laughs> I don't do well with cringe. Like, cr- like, that's why I'm not a big Office fan. It's oh, yeah, like, that was cringe, a great Office joke. That was an Office joke. Yeah. Cringe humor <laughs> just makes me uncomfortable. I don't know how many times I slapped my head my forehead during the first run of uh the office for me <laughs> uh, do you like, guys know which version of romeo and juliet they were doing it seemed like their own it was very bad <laughs> uh no they're doing a uh a, a, a take from a movie the 1996 one with leonardo DiCaprio. oh that's Claire funny Danes. That's oh jeez! <laughs> because because at the end of the movie, uh, "Lover Fool," the Cardigan song, is plays at the end. <laughs> That's when the oh. movie starts picking up because they decapitate that dude and his uh, leading lady with her annoying <laughs> laugh. Oh yeah, the annoying laugh, and I just want to bash your brains in to know what's in there. Was that the same character that did all the horny jokes? Was that the same? Was that the the same? There's the police officer. No. Well, um, no. Yeah. Different character. The bl- Never mind. The blonde. The yeah, blonde yeah. lady. Where's the one? Uh, I like the, them pulling it, that guy over, and he's just trying to talk his way out, and Nicholas is just writing everything down on a pen and paper, and he's like, what are you doing? Well, if anything I need to say, you know, I, I got you <laughs> telling me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why they really going- built up that book the whole time. I thought there was going to be, like, a bigger twist with the book at the end of the movie. There wasn't. Mm-hmm. There was the payoff, though, of when Danny stabs him, and then he stabs him in the book because he knows he put it there. Yeah, I just I felt payoff. like a bigger payoff for it was coming, and then nothing didn't didn't hit the way I was kind of hoping it would. Mm. Yeah, uh, there was a little more foresight, you know, foreshadowing this. I think Shaun of the Dead was easier to pick up. This one, it was like. Uh, when they're at the carnival and the, uh, Danny shoots the, uh, 
like doctor and the gun, and then he shoot the doctor sh- get shot with the gun again, and later on. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of little stuff. It just, I don't know. The movie didn't tie together as well as I kind of hoped it would. When was the jump scare? Because I just have a note down of goddamn jump scare. Because the way I watch this <laughs> is it's at night, so my kids are asleep. So I'm watching <laughs> it through headphones. So that jump scare fucking got me because I was wearing headphones. Oh, that's funny. I think of jump scare. At one point, I took the laptop into the kitchen with me with my headphones on while I was watching it, and I was doing dishes while I was watching it. So that might have been that scene might have been during that part when I wasn't really watching. I can't really <laughs> think of what the jump scare is. I just remember there's a jump scare and it fucking got me. <laughs> um, did you guys notice the? Uh, I can't remember what the killer is called from the Scream movies. It's just um, ghost face. That's ghost what it face. is. They have the ghost face bit where they slash through like the tarp with a knife in that whole setup. And that's when I was like, I wish they'd do a take on horror movies with this whole setup because that was like Ghostface. Um, yeah, I I don't... After yeah. that poor, brutal murder of that flower lady. And I, I like the fact that they killed her only because she was moving. If they can't have her, nobody can have her. <laughs> Which is when we get... Because like, they build up that the whole like murders are this whole like elaborate plot because of money and like wanting space next to a byway and de- nope just because shitty actors or bad laughs <laughs> just anything that could destroy the town's ability to win the best village award which is all they really want i kind of enjoyed that payoff part where they were really just petty I thought that was I thought that was nice. That was I mean, like, that's that was like <laughs> nailed humor. Like that was just like, God yeah. damn it. <laughs> like, yes, yes, yeah, she laughs bad and they sucked at Shakespeare. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yarp. And that and then, guy built a grotesque house that didn't fit with the rest of the yeah, building. So they exploded it. <laughs> I wanna I, I gotta look into it, but I think the uh I love this the scene of them chasing after Dalton's character and the dad. And they're shooting through this town, and then you see the three people judging. I think they were one or one or two were uh, Simon Pegg's parents. Nice. Oh, that's funny. Uh, as the uh, second part of the Cornetto trilogy, the blue rapper it makes an appearance in this film because when they're eating ice cream in the van in the in the car, um, they have a blue wrap around it that's uh, represents uh, the police. And in Shaun of the Dead, it was uh, it was red for blood. Oh, and they actually referenced Cornettos at one point. I'm like, ha, ha, that's the trilogy. <laughs> Is that when you uh, stop watching the movie? You know, when they they finally say the line or the movie title, like, <laughs> ah, you said it, and then call it. <laughs> yeah, I went and got some ice cream. <laughs> so, uh, Simon Pegg lost 20 pounds for this movie. Wow. He was looking cut. He looked good. Looking, Dude, yeah, that was, fucking scene where he crashes through um, when he's dealing with the death cult and finds all the dead bodies was fucking gruesome. That was gruesome. Like, especially the kids that he arrested the first night he was in town. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was one of my takeaways from, because I think this is just my second time ever seeing this movie. And like, they are so evil. Uh, that was that was my takeaway this time is because my first time you, you like, either I wasn't paying attention because I was, just in the movies and it was a big loud cool movie in front of me but i was able to like just pick up on just how like twisted and creepy these people are for the whole time compared to my first viewing yeah 
Yeah, the, I, I like the 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 plot twist of it being um, that it's the town, the entire town, because they want the, for the the greater good, greater good. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's funny when they do the NWA, the Neighborhood Watch Association roundtable, and they're all in that order, and then you later on you see them doing their big alliance like meeting in the in the uh castle they're in that same order yeah uh uh i think uh i want to bring up that is that edgar wright and simon Pegg did research about the um about uh cops and a lot of them being called andy or nick <laughs> that's why uh simon Pegg's is nicholas and then they had the two andys <laughs> Dude, the two Andys were so funny. The one scene, um, like he's first describing the car wreck, and he keeps saying skid marks, and the one Andy keeps laughing. I'm like, that would be us three on one side. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, why do you keep laughing? It's like fucking skid marks, dude. It's funny. Yeah, skid marks are funny. Uh, Yeah. Go ahead, Keith. Oh, sorry. I was just going to throw in one more uh, cool reference the movie did. So they, uh, we, we, we've talked about bad boys and Michael Bay briefly, but there's a scene where they clearly do a Michael Bay inspired camera swoop. And it's when, uh, I think Nick Frost and Simon Pegg are like back to back with guns and the camera does a full 360 around them. Very, very bad boys. Very, very oh, Michael bad Bay boys style. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's just that Michael Bay move. I'm pretty sure you could spot that in any Michael Bay movie, but that's cool. It was a nice, it was, it was, it was a nice wink. There's the, uh, I was going to say Michael Bay. Uh, not Michael Bay. Now you got me thinking about him. Timothy Dalton really liked this movie. That uh, The scene of when uh, Simon Pegg finally meets him for the first time at the um, at the grocery market and they're talking in, the, uh, in his office. So what they did was they had Simon Pegg do all that one scene looking at the camera and Dalton sitting there. And then the very next day, they shot Dalton's response. Oh, that's funny. So instead of just doing one uh, back-to-back, they did one person talk one day, and then like they did a second one like at 6 a.m. or something. Weird. Uh, the the B-plot to this movie was uh, The Geese. Oh yeah, the, I love that. Uh, the, that. That was with the Dr. Piss Taker. It was, that was his goose problem. <laughs> Dude, the payoff for that was probably one of my favorite parts about this whole movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was a long, that was a long con. That was a <laughs> slow burn. <laughs> so the, uh, in, in the uh, IMDb world, that geese can break a human, ar- a human person's arm. And when the dad is in the car with the geese, he comes out, like when they take his mugshot, he has his arm in a brace in a sling. So they put, they like, they <laughs> They did the research on geese that attack humans. Ah, uh, Simon Pegg fancies himself an ornithologist. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking uh, the goose always gets his man. Apparently, <laughs> that where he's driving away, and then that goose head just pops up. Fucking got me so bad. Uh, the this since this movie is called Hot Fuzz. Originally, it was going to be called uh, Spell with Two T's. Oh, man. But Simon Pegg said no to it because he would have to explain the extra T in press interviews. So he's like, <laughs> just do one T. 
<laughs> oh, and while we're still on uh, the topic of positives and what's in the movie, I, I can say I really enjoyed the soundtrack. I'm a big uh, Kinks fan. They threw in some good, like, sort of deep cut kink songs in there. And uh, I can uh, I can briefly touch on some of the information on the soundtrack. I think right now would be a good time to throw in some of that, some of those factoids. All so, right, buddy. Right on. So yeah, it was a uh, movie. The movie came out in two thousand seven. It's a uh, the soundtrack is primarily composed of like sort of like British classic rock. You got the Kinks, T Rex, the Trogs, Arthur Brown, the Move, and then some uh, newer acts like the Fratellis. I'm, I was I'm a big Fratellis supporter. So that's cool whenever they show up. But the the score, the original score, the original music, it was done by David Arnold, who scored the James Bond film series since 1997. So uh, Goldeneye has his his hands on it. And then uh, the one, there's not much else to the soundtrack. It's the the Simon Pegg and gang have a good taste in music. They always choose, choose cool tunes. But the one cool factoid, I think, is that Robert Rodriguez the famous director is credited for uh, composing and writing two of the, I think he does test two tracks on here that his, he's got his name on that he helped put together. So that was kind of cool that Robert Rodriguez threw his hat into this, into this. That's cool. Uh, one of the things I like is the AK. Cause I'm actually, I have the movie on the background right now I'm trying to see <laughs> if I can find some stuff. But I like the fact that they, you know, what we brought earlier about Danny talking about loving all these action movies and stuff. And, the, you know, the small reference, as you said, Keith, that they do the spin around from Bad Boys 2. And then Danny is, have you ever shot a gun in the air? You can't shoot somebody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. he does that to his dad. <laughs> you know, yeah. just shoots in the air. Yeah, the classic point break. Yeah. That part was so funny because the way it was shot and the way they were showing his face, it almost looked like it was... Like on, it almost seemed like it was on purpose that he was doing that because of Point Break. Like that was like his first. He like felt his emotions, and then he came to his senses and thought that, oh my god, this is my opportunity to do a Point Break. And like that, those layers of humor to that joke were just great. There was uh, as I'm watching it right now. There's also another Bad Boys Two reference of them standing, and then a helicopter goes over them in slow motion with them looking up. I'm like, yep, yep. yeah, that's Bad Boys Two. <laughs> That was hella bad boys too, and I have a note from when that happened saying, "Hell yeah, bad boys!" All right, so we're getting all hyped on Michael Bay right now, so I think I'm gonna throw in a preview for what's probably gonna be my selection for my series, Sweet Jesus. It's probably gonna be Transformers. Yeah. Uh, oh God! <laughs> Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Which one? You have the three with like Shia LaBeouf. No, nope, Joe, those are all together one fucking franchise. Yeah, the those they they don't give two shits about canon or con- continuity in those movies and they're no. just they're like they're monuments to American excess. They're yeah. wonderful. Actually, <laughs> Joe, Keith, that's not American excess. That's Chinese <laughs> excess cuz that's where those movies keep making a shit ton of money. God damn it doesn't mark Wahlberg want to bang like his daughter in one of those oh movies? yeah there's some weird sexual tension with mark Wahlberg in the junkyard with his like just stunning model daughter <laughs> of course yeah, oh, of course you don't get to pick again for a while as we have other things on the docket that we haven't talked about yet so why don't you calm down and i'll likely change my mind before then but right now i'm all hyped on it 
And each one of those damn movies is like almost three hours. <laughs> so change your mind for the love of God. Did you guys see see the plot twist coming in this one with the having it been the townsmen, the entire town? I can't remember to the first time I watched this long, long ago. But I this know time, I didn't. Yes, I did. I completely remembered the movie. I knew it was the town people all along, but I can't remember to the first time I watched it if that was a surprise or not. I think I remember thinking it was the fucking grocery guy the whole time, and then it was like, oh, it's the whole town. But the the whole town part, I remember that on my second viewing this time, they signposted a little more clearly that the 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 whole town's pretty twisted, but like to what end they're and why they're doing it was pretty still mysterious. Like I didn't expect it to be just like petty grievances. Like I didn't see that coming. Yeah, because they've been you know they've said there has been a a uh, a murder and a a, uh, a crime in twenty years. <laughs> All everything that happens in the in the uh, town, it's an accident. Just a bunch of happy little accidents. <laughs> yeah, like the, all the, yeah, all the, the, the kids drinking in the bar are all dead underneath the sewers now. The uh, we have a we have an issue going on here. It's the uh, human statue. He's <laughs> back again, dude. Him being dead with his eyes open was fucking creepy. I hated that part. Well, like it, he was stuck in his pose. He was killed as his pose of a statue. Yeah, as and as I was reading through the like this like little factoids online, it was a it was fun to stumble across one that this and they this movie the whatever they said they were like inspired by Agatha Christie quite a bit, and that this movie is essentially just exactly the plot of the Orient Express, like just like it's oh it turns out it's everybody that's like the punchline in Orient Express too, so it's, this movie is, is just the Orient Express but in a town instead of on a train. Fucking spoiler alerts, bro. What if we watch Orient <laughs> Express later because they're making a second one of that? No, that story is like 100 years old. Also, that movie was fucking awesome. It was awesome. Oh, I know uh, what series I'll pick eventually. Now that uh, the Knives movies are going to get two sequels straight to Netflix. Ooh, that'd be fun. Speaking of uh, Roger Ebert, uh, not your turn yet, Keith. Uh, um uh edgar wright and simon Pegg read read a book by ebert so they could include all the cliches from every action movie nice so like that includes having a character wake up in a dark hotel room flick (laughs) on a light and switch without having to fumble for it uh having a shot of a median line on the road from a moving camera uh a person in charge actually being the bad guy other cliches were taken for Mad Max, Lethal Weapon, Man on Fire, Chinatown, and Bad Boys. <laughs> and the plant was from Leon. I the, think it's from the same list, but there's some cool other of those Roger Ebert tropes things. Guy. Like there's one, there's the one that always sticks out to me is that people in movies never close the eyes of a dead person one at a time. They always do them both at the same time. They, when, when, like, when they brush their eye, brush their hands over a dead person's face to close their eyes. Yeah. <laughs> they, they should have like the, the face off just wipe yeah. your face close their eyes but they just give them the little face mask Leon Somebody, the professional by the way is the one who also owned the plant ah oh, okay never seen it young uh, a, a, a young Natalie Portman don't you want an Oscar for that I don't fuck that dude's so. name who plays the main character I think she won famous. it 
I think she won an Oscar for it. Oh, maybe. I think. I'm no I'm expert. Look it up. <laughs> you know, Let's say that. yes. Uh, by abso- yes. Absolutely, she did. <laughs> We're staying, sticking to our... Uh, yeah, we use the Queen's currency here on Take yep. Movie Experts. And uh, in our universe, Natalie Portman is Oscar winner Natalie Portman. I, think I mean, she, she is, did or dude. she didn't. <laughs> nope, she did. <laughs> <laughs> or she didn't. Is there uh so we did been talking about positives. What about some negative stuff about this movie? I mean, I don't have like any major negatives besides just the first like act one and act two felt so slow. Like there just wasn't a whole lot to grip me. Like as we talked about earlier, where I was just kind of like watching also on my phone because I just wasn't that into the movie. And I think that's just because it doesn't hold up as much on second viewing comparative to first viewing. Like there's nothing about the movie where I come across as just like, oh, that was bad or that was really stupid. Like it's just, it's slow. It didn't hold me. Any, any scenes you did not like? Not like, I'm just talking like, for me, one thing that it's just my uh, pet peeve of mine is like uh, Timothy Dalton getting stabbed through the mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, just because like, it's oh, gross. God. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mind that. It's it was kind of funny, especially with him talking the whole time, going like, "This really hurts." <laughs> they should have had funnier jokes about that happening. Like, they should have had like sweet one-liners about it. But so, uh, by the way, we're way off on uh, Natalie Portman winning from that movie. She did win for Black Swan, though. First of all. That's, uh, I, that's a really like really presumptuous we there when only one person was the one saying that she won an Oscar for. No, I'm pretty sure she's only yeah, one Keith. from Leon the Professional. Yeah. <laughs> Someone from Leon the Professional won an Oscar. I'm gonna find out who. It's probably Leon. <laughs> God damn it. No, no, but Ricky, I think you uh I think you nailed it there with the criticism there. It's like there's nothing I I I think the movie's great. But like it just, I'm not. I was not as interested to watch it again as Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead, I feel like I could watch a thousand times, but this one, it just like I don't. I'll never have. If it's ever on TV, I'd probably change the channel. Like, but Shaun of the Dead, I'll always, I'll always keep my eyes on that one. Which was a huge surprise for me because in my mind, coming into this trilogy that Joe picked for us, I was like, my love of these movies goes hot fuzz Shaun of the dead. And then I don't know the last one, so I can't rank it yet. (laughs) But like coming off of these now that's changed. Like Shaun of the dead just held up so well. And hot fuzz to me just didn't quite hold up as well. All these years later, like it's still a good movie. It's just not as good as I remember it being. Yeah. And uh, just as a general uh, mood, this movie kind of made me depressed in that, like, there's, we haven't had movie theaters in over a year now. And like, just the, there's, it's not often these movies show up anymore. This was like uh, 2007, this movie came out. It's like, we don't get just smaller scale action movie mysteries anymore. They're more rare. Like you mentioned Knives Out. That was like the only one in the last 10 years that was even similar in mood. I mean, John Wick's not a mystery, but I mean, John Wick was pure, like, I don't remember that being a huge budget for the first one. Yeah, action wasn't. thriller. It wasn't. And then wasn't I mean Taken wasn't that long ago and that was pretty low budget awesome action. I think you're being a little I've been I'm, I'm being depressed. <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh to underpress you, I'm thinking of Anna Paquin. Uh, 
for the piano movie. And uh, wow, you were way off. Yeah. But hey, Keith, we all have our shots, so we can be back in theaters in no time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, we'll be getting in there. Uh, one day, you know, one day, one, one day when we're all uh, shot it up, and, and then t- and then Top Gun Two comes out. I'm I'm hope I'm I'm praying, keep my fingers crossed. That's my first theater movie. How is your first theater movie? First of all, not going to be one that comes out like next month. And second of all, the other one that comes out at the end of June that may or may not be on the schedule for us to have to go watch. Oh, yeah. Top Gun 2. I did watch watch Jiu-Jitsu. That was terrible. (laughs) Oh, the the cage? Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's terrible. I'm as much a fan as Tom Cruise in shitty action movies as the next guy. But, like, that's not on the list right now, Swelland, unless you're going to add it. So... Not a Tom Cruise guy, so I'm cool with that. That's well, you're going to watch a lot of Tom Cruise because, oh, God. <laughs> I want to watch just 80 Tom Cruise movies. 80s, not 80 of them. Well, he doesn't have 80s. You know who does? Nick Cage. <sighs> watch some uh, Days of Thunder. Fucking great movie. Mm. Nah. <laughs> Some yeah. Top Gun, Joe? Come on. Top Gun's classic. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, Tom Cruise is one of the last of the great action stars. He's just, you know, a psychopath. Said no one. Yeah. A legend. I mean, a lot of people have said that. You I mean, he's the main <laughs> star in a massive action uh, franchise that we'll probably watch here on Fake Movie Experts. That'd be another good choice. Hmm. Uh, Keith, uh, you got any, uh, Roger Ebert reviews or any, uh, fun ones? Well, unfortunately, Roger Ebert, uh, sometimes.com, they review, um, they review Shaun of the Dead and they review, um, whatever color of the Cornetto ice cream that the, at World's End is, is. But I think they that don't. would be pink. Cause I think the first one was chocolate and this one was vanilla. Yeah. They don't review, uh, they don't review the blue one, but um, I dug through the dug through the depths, the, the horrible bucket of uh, sort of rancid shit that exists on Google, and I found a <laughs> found a real gem here by Lori McLeod that uh, they posted uh, six six months ago, not even that long ago. All right, uh, brace yourselves. So, I think these movies should be labeled G parentheses for gay. So the, wow! So, so that Christians don't end up watching a show till the, so the Christians don't end up watching a show till the midway point to find out it's a gay movie? Question mark. Really, I paid to. Really, I paid to watch this movie, and I feel I've been ripped off, and I should have my money refunded. The movie is not bad, but I don't need to know about where they like to put their private part. Comma is that so difficult? Period. Question mark. At no point do they actually make the characters gay. Like, I wondered. And then Joe told me that they just left. Wow. That person is really projecting. I don't think that they watched it. I think that <laughs> they watched, like, I think I think this is actually a review for Moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> do you have the right movie review, Keith? <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Martin Ross says, fast moving and very funny. Good to see all the villagers are secret of crims and get to and get taken out in various entertaining ways as the film ends major spoilers there by the way martin 
but yeah, there's some there, there's some real bangers here on Google. I'm sorry I couldn't find a like a well written Roger Ebert or Roger hey, Ebert associate. If you can review, find us a bad one, that'd be great. You know? <laughs> yeah, that one. That, that one's a pretty serious critique about the like the lack of or too much gayness in the movie. Of, I guess <laughs> we didn't talk about the end of the movie either when the one final remaining remaining member of the NWA shows up with a fucking like blunderbust <laughs> and blows poor Nick Frost away to then everyone blow the fuck up. Oh, was that when the sea mine finally went off? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And the whole fucking police <laughs> station went up. Yeah. And then they make you think Nick Frost might be dead, but he's not dramatic <laughs> cut to them. Just putting flowers at his mom's grave. <laughs> Yeah, they uh that's one of those other action tropes of, you know, did he did did he not survive? But the boom, one year out later. There working the streets. Fucking sweet 360 donuts to go check on someone for like parking incorrectly at the end of the movie. <laughs> the uh review I found for this is I swear to god, just awful. Really <laughs> really really awful man fucking people didn't like this movie apparently in the notes it says uh in the headliner says did not laugh once well then they just have a bad sense of humor one one headliner says micro scarring versus golden face was better that's from the office oh yeah my big uh, i think like my big takeaway from this movie is that i really want to watch bad boys 2 and point break now like Agreed. There was this movie like it, it didn't it didn't stick to me very much. I just kind of it felt like eating uh like bad Mexican food or something. I just ate it and it went right through me. It was like you just find the craziest. <laughs> I love them, but goddamn, I just don't know where you get these. I had a burrito the other day and it was very good, so I don't regret it. That that's what made me think about that. Okay. So, Joe, what were some of the <laughs> rankings for this movie out there? So, before we do get to that, let me do the uh, box office and all that good stuff. Gross. Oh, so, yeah, in the uh, Great Britain pounds, we're still at eight million. So, whatever you do, God the bless math. the Queen. Fuck. The- <laughs> uh, domestically, it got twenty-three million. Not too Internet- bad. Internationally, got fifty-seven million. So worldwide, about eighty million. Off of a budget of eight is pretty good. Yep. So the uh, box office, it came out April twentieth. So four twenty two thousand seven. There's nothing funny about that date. Okay. Coming in at number ten in its fiftieth week with eight hundred thirty-six thousand wild hogs. Hell yeah. <laughs> Is, Fucking please, Tim please, Allen. Hold on, please um, tell me there's a sequel to that because I'm gonna judge my Transformers. There's a Wild Hogs too. No, there's not. Are you just really hoping there isn't? No, there's not. I'm. I'll bet Keith's left nut on it. Wild somebody... Hogs two, Bachelor Ride, bitch. Okay, Wait, that's what? probably that's probably our next series. <laughs> Wait, uh, hang. Oh on. no, it got canceled. <laughs> yeah, bitch. But there was originally supposed to be a two. Okay. Well, is, is, is there a spiritual successor? <laughs> no. <laughs> like uh, old, yeah. Anyways, go ahead. What? Go <laughs> ahead, Keith. What are you going to say? No, no, no. I was. I literally. I literally have nothing. 
Okay, hag. All right, so number nine in its eighth week with 1.2 million. Perfect Stranger. Halle Berry, Bruce Willis movie. Halle Berry. What happened to Bruce Willis? Why uh, has that man gone off the deep end? He's just straight to uh, Blu-ray now. He probably was always off the deep end. It just got... (laughs) Oh, God, I can't wait to do uh, Die Hard. Ooh, uh, number eight in its seventeenth week with one point three million. Are we done yet? That sounds familiar. Ice Cube. Are we there yet? Ah, the sequel. Uh, number there's, seven. There's our series. And number seven with twenty two in its twenty ugh, seventh week, twenty uh, second week, and it's set number seven with one point eight million. Meet the Robinsons. Oh, that's that cartoon. Yeah. Uh, in its first week, in it with at number six with one point eight million, in the land of women. I don't remember that movie at all. It sounds super familiar. It's in the see, land of women, a sleazy women. writer has a chance to redeem himself when he goes to stay with his grandmother and befriends the neighbor, Adam Brody hey. and Kirsten Stewart. You could say that's Kirsten. not the title of this movie because there was there was like two uh, there was like two female characters in this movie. And they both were like a little slutty. It was, a, <laughs> some, it was definitely some girl not, girl action. <laughs> the manpower joke very, was good. <laughs> not a good feminist movie from those guys, but <laughs> yeah. another yeah. action thriller type uh, thing. Coming in at number five in its first week with two point one million. Hot fuzz. Oh no! F- number hey, five. Before you- before you go any further, uh, yeah. I, I warned you about it before. But if you were to make a cocktail with the with the name of Hot Fuzz, what would be um, three ingredients, and how would you serve it? Hmm. Fireball. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, okay. Fireball. Fireball, and a hint of ginger. I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. With some Sprite, you know. Uh, okay. Joe's not shaken. far off. It's Tabasco, like a dip of Tabasco, Sprite. God, it's going to be some sort of white liquor. I think I'm going gin. <laughs> that, that's, yeah, all right. I'm, what about right. you, the uh, barkeep? Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about this for literally uh, like 16 hours. <laughs> so check this shit out. All right. Peach schnapps, Dr. Pepper, microwaves, damn near boiling hot. Jesus. <laughs> and then you, put, uh, then you put whipped cream on top of it. How would it stay whipped cream if it's boiling hot? It'll, no, it'll melt into it, and then it'll turn, like, creamy. Peach, like, like peach, you know, like peach fuzz? And it's hot because it's hot. And that's, I'm going to throw cr- up. <laughs> it's hot, baby. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I'll drink. Let's do it, Keith. <laughs> For our Lord. <laughs> oh, that could totally. Of hot, I could, hot, hot fuzzes for the boys. <laughs> that could totally be our bit when we start actually doing these things in person and not oh, over, not overshoot uh, programs on the internet. Yeah, themed uh, cocktails for each movie. Yep, Keith, that's going to be your duty. Themed Damn. cocktails for each movie. All right, besides, <laughs> besides pleasuring our booties. You gotta bring us some drinks. Well, you supply the microwave and I'll supply the Dr. Pepper. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Are we still talking about drinks or 
are, have we have we dived into the gayness of hot fuzz now? <laughs> well, according to that Google person, I guess there's some deep there's some deep bad gayness there. First of all, there is no bad gayness. All <laughs> gayness is wonderful. Yeah, well, according to that Google person. Yeah, but they're a cr- crazy religious person, so. Yeah. Also, I do love the idea of movies having these extra ratings of this movie is rated G for gay. Yeah. It's like a yeah, it's like rated seven on the gay scale or something. Uh, people are awful. I hate yeah. them. Uh, so it's rated R, but you know, but no, no, no. There's the G version for yeah. gay. It's <laughs> really the RG. Adult language, violence, yeah. sexual content, gayness. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like you, if have you have you guys ever read like the PG thirteen stuff, and it's like uh, intense scenes, one oh, fight yeah. scene, <laughs> and like someone smoking, yeah, cigarette, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think be like, like back in the day, you could game. show boobs like once. <laughs> yep, you can cuss in PG thirteen, but you can't say like. I think you fuck. can say fuck like three times or something till it goes to R. You I can thought say there was one one rate. There's one word you can't say, and a PG like is it shit? Probably cunt. No. cunt <laughs> Probably asshole. can't say cunt. Hey, you can say fuck once, and it can't. It, it, it can't be sexual like the verb like to fuck. It, oh, it has be, to be uh, fuck you or something. Like, yeah, it has to be. It has to be not the verb version of fuck. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go back to the box office here, and it's twenty second week. Oh no, hot at That's... number four. With two point five million blades of glory. Oh, I liked that movie. Good ass movie. Uh, number three in its first week with two point eight. Uh, sorry, blades got two point five. Uh, with two point eight vacancy. That's a horror, isn't it? Yeah, Ryan Reynolds, right? No, Vac- isn't that Luke the, Wilson uh, and Luke Kate Wilson. Beckinsale? They yeah, they get stopped like at a cheap motel and then they get like yeah uh number two in its first week with 3.6 million fracture i don't know that movie at all uh dennis hop not dennis uh isn't jim cavaziel in that anthony hopkins and ryan gosling (laughs) i mean i do like a little ryan gosling and coming in at number one in its eighth week with 4.7 million, Disturbia. Oh, I loved yeah. Disturbia. I fucking loved that movie. So when I went, so a group of people I went with to go see Disturbia, when we got to the theater, I was like, ooh, Hot Fuzz is out. So me and somebody else went to see Hot Fuzz while everybody else went to go see Disturbia. And I want to <laughs> say... Disturbia, well, yeah, well, I know Hot Fuzz is like two hours long, uh, long, and Disturbia is like I think probably an hour and a half. So they had to wait. Uh, oh no, hour forty-five. So they had to wait fifteen more minutes for us to come out. Disturbia. Na, 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 na. So let's go. That was ratings. like r- right before LaBeouf went crazy. Batshit. <laughs> Allegedly, Michael Bay. Yeah. Oh, he is. Uh, let's go to the ratings. IMDb gave this one a 7.8. Which is... 
if I recall, I think it's higher than um, Shaun the Dead. If it'll ever let me get back to that page I was on. Okay, there it is. Uh, yeah, Shaun of the Dead got a... Oh, no, I lied. 7.9. So just 0.1 less. A Ron Tomato, all critics gave this one a 91%. God damn. Well, ni- 92 for Sean. Uh, top critics gave this 90%, 91 for Sean. Audience gave th- uh, this one an 89, 93 for Sean. So, Ricky, give us the uh, what we give uh, Sean the Dead, and let's give our own rankings. Uh, so, Sean of the Dead came in as. The second best movie in uh, our fake expert opinions behind Predator. On the Predator, Star Glazer board? Right? On the Star Glazer board. Came <laughs> in at 4.2 of an average overall. So with Hot Fuzz, I'm coming in way under all of these tanks. I'm, I gave it three and a quarter. It's good. I liked it. I'm never going to really search it out. And I'm probably not going to leave it on if it was on. It's good. But I didn't love it. All right, are we? Uh, I'll go a second then. So yeah, I uh, I think I'm gonna echo you. But as we were going through this, I felt like I had a lot of positive things to say about it. But I think my review is gonna be lower than yours. I'm doing three stars, just for the just for the fart in the wind aspect of the movie. It just doesn't feel like it. Just it it didn't stick with me. Like I'm already like we're we're starting to wrap up here, and I'm like looking forward to moving on to the next one. It didn't put any meat on your bones. Like yeah. your ribs are still showing after watching this. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rick, do you have what we wrote down, what we gave it like personally for Shaun of the dead? Yeah. Yes, I do. What, Keith what gave I it a four. It? four Joe okay. gave it a four and a quarter and I gave it yeah. four and a quarter. So I told on the last show that I'm like, okay. Um, I was looking really looking forward to this movie and it, for some reason, it didn't hit this time for me. Um, so I'll give it a three and a quarter as well. It's a movie that li- that I kind of wish I'd left in my memories. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remembered it way more fondly than watching it. Yeah. That's, yeah, because, like, yeah, because, you know, we just, I don't know. It's just. And, like, there's I, nothing, I t- like, none of us have anything that, like, we quintessentially are just like, that was bad. Just aspects of this movie are bad there just wasn't anything about it that was great like it just was a solid okay and then like the last third was hilarious so that's why it gets bumped up a little bit from like a two and a half or something just like it's just there just kind of happened yeah so let's uh so since we uh rank them here so since there's no well we can rank the uh uh, main star, so we do Simon Pegg. Which one was better, Sean the Dead or was it Nicholas Angel? What was his character's name in Sean of the Dead? Well, besides Sean, um, oh, yes, yeah. oh my god, Jesus, that was a brain it, fart. It was just Sean, there's no <laughs> last name. Uh, I go Sean over Nicholas Angel. I, I did not connect with, and maybe that's why I rank it so low. I just wasn't a big fan of Simon Pegg's character in this movie. He just kind of was bland and boring. Didn't really do anything for me. So, and he didn't turn, like he didn't come enough around by the end of it to make up for everything in the beginning. 
Like his hero arc wasn't good enough for me. Whereas like in Shaun of the Dead, his hero arc was amazing. So I go Sean. I'll take Sean over uh, Mr. A- Mr. Angel. Keith? All right, so let me get this straight. We're tracking whether Simon Pegg or Nick Frost was better in this movie or... Well, no, we'll do both. So so give me Simon Pegg's. Oh, Simon Pegg between the two movies. Yeah, and then we'll do Nick Frost. Okay, between the two movies, yeah, that, that one's pretty easy. Sean, Simon Pegg and Sean of the Dead is way more charming and relatable. Okay. Just like so fun. About, it's more, more fun to watch. What about Nick Frost? Well, what, he, Joe, what's your... Sean oh, I'm, I'm Sean and Nicholas as well. This one's a little closer for me because they're sort of similar. I kind of prefer him in Hot Fuzz, I think, because he's just like the innocent, innocent, doughy, dumb, like important son who's always had gotten to do whatever he wants. And that's kind of a funny character. I, uh, uh, I go I go that way as well. I actually like to me he carried hot fuzz like he made hot fuzz as good as it is because of him like he was the star of this movie so i go with uh the second nick frost over the sean nick frost danny over ed <laughs> so uh who is the better, better better villain zombies or the town folk oh and by the way i just now got the the danny of the group joke Assholes. Jesus Christ! So fuck you guys. It's now really playing later. into that though, Keith. Yeah, really like playing into yeah, that. Now you just got it. Uh, the zombies. <laughs> I like the zombies a lot more than the town folk, just because the zombies were more prominent throughout the whole thing. Keith, ooh, which bad guy's better? Oh man. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think I could form an argument just to, I, I like the, t- the townspeople and there's the, the, the petty grievances took it for me. I like, I, I like the townspeople as bad guys. They cracked town. me up. Uh, I, I'm going town folks here. I, I don't know. I like, I like just like the idea of them trying, they're doing every, anything and everything they can to be known as the best village. <laughs> yeah. in if that means 20 years of just accidents. <laughs> so, well, this brings an end to, I guess, this episode of Fake Experts. As we just did Hot Fuzz, as we have one more movie to do in this trilogy. The World's End, sometimes confused as like at the World's End, but it's no, it's just The World's End. I believe, Ricky, you've not seen it? Nope, never seen this one. By the way, Hot Fuzz came in at number three current ranking on the Star Glazer boards. Okay. With okay. 3.2 stars <laughs> behind the still champion Predator and number two, Shot of the Dead. It's going to break my heart someday when someone takes the throne from Predator. Dude, 4.4 oh, is pretty, easy, pretty, pretty high. And we don't have any movies like on the docket right now that <laughs> could even kind of come close to that, I think. There might be a few. We'll find out. Uh, Keith, have you seen uh, The World's End? I have. Uh, I saw it when it came out. So I was quite, was it 13? Uh, yeah. When did this one come? Okay, yeah. So I, I saw it when it came out. Very much enjoyed it. I'm going to warn you guys, I'm going to call it at The World's End for the entire episode. <laughs> Everybody else does. Everybody else does. The whole time I kept thinking it's at The World's End. And I just had to verify myself on IMDb. I'm like, no, no, it's the world's end. 
I have seen it. Um, I can tell you that it was one of those movies that I had to watch twice in one weekend to under- <laughs> to know if I liked it or not. Nice. So, yeah, I can't wait for that. I can't wait, to be honest, because it's been probably since when it came out for me to that I've watched it then. So should be interesting. Should be a lot more familiar faces in the next one. Yeah, that's it. This has like the big stars in it. Yes, it does. So that'll be next next time, next week on uh, Fake Movie Experts, whereas we'll be doing the final movie of the uh, Three Flavors Cornetto of The World's End, or for Keith, at The World's End. You can listen to all of our podcasts at nosoentertainment.com. And you can also listen to all of our podcasts wherever you listen to your podcast. Where did that town get all those guns? 